Good morning. Michaela, thank you for those variations on the hymn tune, the Ashgrove. What a fun way to get started in worship this morning. Welcome to all of you, to you that are joining us on our radio broadcast or via our OSL podcast or through our YouTube channel. However you have found us this morning, we are delighted to have you here with us on, in worship on this eighth Sunday after Pentecost. You will notice that we have lit our Paschal candle this morning that is in celebration of two baptisms that will take place here at OSL just a little later this morning and this afternoon. Those baptisms are for Soren Miller and Lydia Weiss, and I encourage and invite you to hold those two little girls in your prayers and their families as well as we welcome them into the body of Christ. And finally, now as we prepare for worship, I invite you to light a candle, to gather some bread and wine so that we can celebrate Holy Communion during the service. And actually, I forgot, I have one other announcement I wanna make at this time, and that is you may recognize um, a familiar face or a familiar voice joining us this morning. Ted Benson is here serving as our assisting minister. Ted, thank you for being here. We are so glad to have you with us in worship, leading worship with us this morning. I will turn it over to Ted, and our worship begins with an invocation and a thanksgiving for baptism. Blessed be the Holy Trinity, one God, the fountain of living water, the rock who gave us birth, our light and our salvation. Amen. Joined to Christ in the waters of baptism, we are clothed with God's mercy and forgiveness. Let us give thanks for the gift of baptism. We give you thanks, O God, for in the beginning your spirit moved over the waters, and by your word you created the world. Through the waters of the flood you delivered Noah and his family. Through the sea you led your people from slavery to freedom. At the river your son was baptized by John and anointed with the Holy Spirit. By water and your word you claim us as sons and daughters. We praise you for the gift of water that sustains life, and above all, we praise you for the gift of new life in Jesus Christ. Shower us with your spirit and renew our lives in your forgiveness, grace, and love. Amen. We sing together our gathering hymn, Gather Us In, number 532.
the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And also with you. We sing together our hymn of praise. Glory to God in the highest, and peace to God's people on earth. with you. And also with you. Let us pray. You are great, O God, and greatly to be praised. You have made us for yourself, and our hearts are restless until they rest in you. Grant that we may believe in you, call upon you, know you, and serve you through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Our worship continues now with a children's message from Pastor Sarah. Good morning. Today, in one of our lessons, we're going to hear a story about a man named Solomon. Solomon is the son of King David, and when David dies, Solomon becomes king. Solomon is most famous in the Bible for his wisdom. The Bible tells us that Solomon was one of the wisest people ever to live. In the story today, we find Solomon at the very beginning of his reign, and he is praying to God, asking for this wisdom. He is asking God for help to know the difference between what is right and what is wrong. And he's asking God to help him to do what is right. Um, so that he can be a just and a good king for his people. You know, I think Solomon has the right idea. When we need help, turning to prayer is a good thing to do. Prayer is our chance to talk to God and tell God what's on our mind, what's making us happy, what's making us sad, what we're worried about. And especially, it's a good chance to tell God what we need help with. In his prayer this morning, Solomon asks God to help him walk in the ways of the Lord. So today I thought I would share with you a prayer practice that involves both walking 
and talking or praying to God. And that's why I'm here this morning in Eau Claire in Phoenix Park at this labyrinth. A labyrinth has been used for a long time by people to help them pray to God. The idea is really quite simple. You enter the labyrinth and then you simply walk and follow the path that the labyrinth traces out for you. And while you walk, you just talk to God and tell God what's on your mind. Now, do you need a labyrinth in order to be able to do this prayer practice? No, of course not. Come with me and I'll show you some other ideas. Did you make it here? Good, I'm glad. We are now in my driveway and I happen to have a piece of sidewalk chalk that I have used to create a path that I can follow. You can do this too if you want. Grab a piece of chalk and trace out a path. You can make it as long or as short, as windy or as straight as you want. And then when you're done, simply set down your chalk and follow your path and pray. Share with God what's on your mind today. What's that? You've already used up all of your driveway chalk this summer? No worries, I have another idea for you. Come with me. Did you make it all the way over here? Good, I was afraid I lost you there for a minute. We're on one of the trails that's not too far from my house. And I really like this trail because it zigzags back and forth. This trail or another trail or maybe even the sidewalks by your house also make for great places to go for a walk and a talk with God. I hope that over the course of this week, you are able to go out for a walk, maybe with mom or dad, and spend some time talking to God, sharing with God whatever it is that's on your mind. Well, I've got to head back to the sanctuary now for the rest of worship. Thanks for joining me. Our first reading this morning is from 1 Kings chapter 3, verses 5-12. through 12. Because Solomon did not ask for long life, riches, or the defeat of his enemies, God gave him what he asked for, wisdom to govern the people well. A reading from 1 Kings. At Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night. And God said, Ask what I should give you. And Solomon said, You have shown great and steadfast love to your servant, my father David because he walked before you in faithfulness, in righteousness, and in uprightness of heart toward you. And you have kept for him this great and steadfast love and have given him a son to sit on his throne today. And now, O Lord my God, you have made your servant king in place of my father David, although I am only a little child. I do not know how to go out or come in. And your servant is in the midst of the people whom you have chosen, a great people, so numerous they cannot be numbered or counted. Give your servant, therefore, an understanding mind to govern your people, able to discern between good and evil. For who can govern this, your great people? It pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked this. God said to him, 
because you have asked this and not asked for yourself long life or riches or for the life of your enemies, but have asked for yourself understanding to discern what is right. I now do according to your word. Indeed, I give you a wise and discerning mind. No one like you has been before you and no one like you shall arise after you. Word of God, word of life. Thanks be to God. We sing together our gospel acclamation. to Matthew. Glory to you, o Lord. Jesus put before the crowds another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed that someone took and sowed in his field. It is the smallest of all the seeds, but when it has grown, it is the greatest of shrubs and becomes a tree, so that the birds of the air come and make nests in its branches. He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed in with three measures of flour until all of it was leavened. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field which someone found and hid. Then in his joy he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls. On finding one pearl of great value, he went and sold all that he had and bought it. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net that was thrown into the sea and caught fish of every kind. When it was full, they drew it ashore, sat down, and put the good into baskets, but threw out the bad. So it will be at the end of the age. The angels will come out and separate the evil from the righteous, and throw them into the furnaces of fire, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Have you understood all this? They answered, yes. And he said to them, therefore, every scribe who has been trained for the kingdom of heaven is like the master of a household who brings out of his treasure what is new and what is old. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you. Beloved of God, grace and peace to you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. I'm going to make a guess that you haven't thought much about Solomon in the past weeks or months or maybe even years. And I know I really haven't. But here he is today in our reading from the Old Testament with a prayer that seems tailor-made for us. Let's back up, though. If I'm right, and you haven't spent a whole lot of time reflecting on the stories of Solomon in the Bible, a little reminder about his background will come in handy before we look in detail at his prayer. Solomon is the son of King David. David was Israel's second king. His frequent military conquests helped establish and secure the borders of the new kingdom of Israel. 
David is also remembered by the church and synagogue as a man of great faith, as one who followed after the Lord. This isn't to say that David was perfect. He was not. And while the Bible doesn't shy away from telling the less than perfect parts of David's story, it does generally lift up David as the king par excellence. Early in his reign, after David moved his capital from Hebron in the south to Jerusalem, he set his mind to building a house for the Lord. But God had other ideas. In a beautiful play on words in Hebrew, God promises to build David a house, meaning a dynasty, and ensure that a descendant of David would always sit on the throne. As for a house for the Lord, meaning a temple, God says it will be David's son who builds it. David dies in chapter 2 in the book of 1 Kings, but before he dies, he crowns Solomon, his son, as his successor. David's house, the dynasty, has been secured, and Solomon does go on to build the house of the Lord, the temple. So now here we are in chapter three at the very beginning of Solomon's reign. One last piece of information though will be helpful before we turn our attention to Solomon's prayer. In the first four verses of this chapter, we learn that Solomon has married the daughter of Pharaoh. At first glance, we might think this is simply a biographical detail. But the biblical authors were master storytellers who knew how to pack a punch with their words. The notice does more than just give us biographical details about Solomon's life. Solomon's marriage raises some theological questions for us. Solomon is now allied with Pharaoh, with Egypt, that arch enemy of Israel that enslaving, God-opposing, death-dealing kingdom from which God delivered God's people. It's at this point that we hear of God's most generous offer to give Solomon whatever he asks for. You're right to lean forward a little bit and wonder what Solomon is going to say. Will he follow in the path of his new father-in-law? What are his priorities? Will he seek to use the kingship as a means to enhance his own wealth and status? Although newly crowned, Solomon has some political enemies, both personal enemies. There was a bit of behind the scenes maneuvering that landed Solomon the job of king instead of his older brother, Adonijah. And there were enemies of the state, neighboring kingdoms that may want to test the new king's mettle. Perhaps he should ask to be rid of those enemies. Or maybe Solomon is thinking in terms of his house, his dynasty. A long life and reign coupled with an heir would go a long way towards cementing that. But you can sit back and relax. Right away from the start of Solomon's prayer, he indicates that he intends not to follow in the path of his father-in-law, but in the path laid out for him by his father, David. Whatever temptations Pharaoh and all that Pharaoh and Egypt stand for in the biblical imagination, and the temptation is very real, here at the start of his reign, Solomon makes clear that he intends to follow in the way of the Lord. 
He begins by thanking God for God's past faithfulness, kindness, and love to David and to himself. And then acknowledges the enormity of the role that he finds himself in. Then Solomon makes his request. He doesn't ask for riches or fame. He doesn't ask for new updated weaponry or a superior army. He doesn't demand vengeance. Instead, Solomon asks for wisdom, for the ability to discern between right and wrong so that he can govern his people. In the Hebrew of Solomon's prayer, he literally asks for a heart that listens to justice. Solomon not only wants to know the difference between what is right and what is wrong, but he also seeks God's help in carrying out what is right, in enacting the kind of justice and mercy that are at the very heart of God's own practices and God's own being. Solomon's kingdom will not be modeled after the kingdom of Pharaoh in Egypt, but after the kingdom of God. Few of us have kingdoms like Solomon to reign over, but all of us in the course of our daily life face moments of crisis and decision. Times when we too need help discerning right from wrong, and we need help summoning the courage to do what is right, because sometimes that's the hardest bit, doing the right thing. God's genuine offer of help to Solomon is also a genuine offer of help to you and to me. Ask what I should give you, God says to, says to Solomon. Years later, Jesus tells his disciple, disciples, ask and it will be given you. We should not be afraid of this call to prayer, this invitation to share with God all of who we are, all that is on our minds, all that we are feeling, and to ask God for help in both the big and the small things. But don't confuse God for a genie in a bottle who dispenses wishes. God's offer to Solomon and to us is bounded by who God is. God will not do things that are contrary to God's own nature. Rather, God does those things that are in keeping with who God is. Prayer is not a time to convince God to do our will, but for us to ask God for help in doing God's will. Through prayer, we have access to God's own heart and mind, God's vision and imagination, God's strength to meet the challenges of the day so that we can do justice and practice love and kindness in the world and for our neighbors in need. Prayer deepens the bond between you and God, making it easier to follow in the footsteps of Jesus. This year has been a year of crisis, unlike any I've lived through. In this country and around the world, we have experienced great suffering and loss as a result of the coronavirus. It feels like every aspect of our lives have been affected by this. How often I have sat down on my couch and just wished this year away, but it's no good. Not only does that not work, but I'm left feeling more frustrated, 
unsettled, more miserable than I was before. Nor does wishing away the year make it any easier for me to do what is right. In fact, it makes it harder. In moments and days and seasons like this, it can be very difficult to see how or where God is at work, to believe that God is even hearing our cries, our prayers for help. We may even find ourselves tempted to turn to the pharaohs and the Egypts of our day for a solution. Time and again, though, the Bible reminds us, so shows us through its stories that God really is faithful to God's promise to help and support us no matter how bleak the future looks, no matter how scared we are, no matter how big our task is. The cross and the empty tomb stand as the most powerful witnesses that even the most calamitous of events does not stymie God's faithfulness or God's power. God really is your refuge and strength in times of trouble. God really does hear your prayers and will lead you in right paths. God really will give you a heart that listens and yearns for justice and the courage to do it. God heard Solomon's prayer and responded by pouring out in great abundance God's spirit of wisdom. This same spirit of wisdom and understanding belongs to you, a gift from God to you on the day of your baptism. When times of trial or crisis arise for you, when you are called upon to lead and make decisions in difficult situations, when you don't know the right way forward, or when you know what to do but need help doing it, don't hesitate to remember Solomon and to pray Solomon's prayer and ask God to stir up and embolden that spirit of wisdom within you. And now, beloved, remember, the Lord is near. Do not worry about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. We sing now together our hymn of the day, The Church of Christ in Every Age, number 729, verses 1, 2, 3, and 5.
Together we confess our faith using the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Confident of your care and helped by the Holy Spirit, we pray for the church, the world, and all who are in need. Merciful God, your reign is revealed to us in common things, a mustard shrub, a woman baking bread, a fishing net. Help your church witness to the surprising yet common ways you encounter us in daily life. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. When your word is opened, it gives light and understanding. Increase our understanding and awe of your creation. Guide the work of scientists and researchers. Treasuring the earth, may we live as grateful and healing caretakers of our home. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. As the birds of the air nest in branches of trees, gather the nations of the world into the welcoming shade of your merciful reign. By your wisdom, direct leaders of nations to build trust with each other and walk in the way of peace. Guide local public health officials and school administrators as they prepare and make plans for the fall. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Your spirit helps us in our weakness and intercedes for the saints according to your will. Help us when we do not know how to pray. Give comfort to the dying, refuge to the weary, justice to those who are oppressed, and healing to the sick, especially Jen Robertson, Chris B. Hughesby Allenbaugh, Alice Kennedy, Lucille Whittier, Carolyn Barnhart, Steve Knudsen, and Marilyn Lee. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. You show steadfast love and encourage us to ask of you what we need. Help this congregation ask boldly for what is most needed. Refresh us with new dreams of being your people in this place and time. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. By water and the word you claim us as your children. Bless the newly baptized, especially Soren and Lydia, as they grow in life and faith. Pour out your spirit of wisdom and understanding upon them, and together with all the baptized, lead them in your way of truth and life. Lord, in your mercy, 
hear our prayer. In you, our lives are never lost. Strengthen us by the inspiring witness of your people in all times and places. Embolden our witness now, and one day gather us with all your saints in light. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. In the certain hope that nothing can separate us from your love, we offer these prayers to you through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. We send a sign of peace to all of you and invite you to share a sign of peace with one another as we greet each other here. Peace. Peace. I want to take a moment to say thank you for your continued generosity for all of the ways that you walk in the way of the Lord and support the work of helping those of our neighbors who are in need. And for your support in the ongoing ministry of our Savior's Lutheran Church. Your support is vital as we continue to walk in the steps of Jesus. We welcome your offering to OSL and to our shared ministry. You can send your offering to our church office or you can use our online giving option on our website at oslme.com. Our worship continues now as we sing together our offertory, Let the Vineyards Be Fruitful. and life. All creation is yours, and your faithfulness is as firm as the heavens. Water and word, wine and bread, these are signs of your abundant grace. Nourish us through these gifts, that we might proclaim your steadfast love in our community and in the world. Through Jesus Christ, our strength and our song. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread and gave thanks, broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. And again, after supper, he took the cup gave thanks and gave it to all to drink, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood shed for you and all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. Gathered into one by the Holy Spirit, let us pray as Jesus taught us. Our Father in heaven, 
hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. I invite you now to share communion with one another or to receive the gifts of God yourself. This is the body of Christ given for you. The blood of Christ shed for you. As you now share these gifts, we hear an offering of special music by Michaela. She plays for us an arrangement of Be Thou My Vision.
The body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ strengthen you and keep you in his grace. Amen. Let us pray. God of welcome and grace, in this meal we have feasted on your goodness and have been united by your presence among us. Empower us to go forth sustained by these gifts so that we may share your passionate, fierce, and neighborly love with all. Through Jesus Christ, the giver of abundant life. Amen. Receive this benediction. Neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. God the Creator, Jesus the Christ, and the Holy Spirit the Comforter, Bless you and keep you in eternal love. Amen. I share with you now just a couple of brief announcements. The first, a couple of invitations for you to join me on Wednesday mornings for morning prayer. We meet at 8.45 for a time of fellowship to check in with one another and hear what's going on in each other's lives. And then at 9 o'clock, we spend about 10 minutes or so in prayer and in the Word. If you are interested in joining that time of fellowship and prayer, just send me an email and I will be happy to send you a link to our Zoom meeting. I also want to let you know that this afternoon at 1 p.m., we will be having a book discussion on the book Waking Up White by Debbie Irving. If you are interested in being a part of that discussion, just send me an email and I'll make sure to add you to that list. Finally, I remind you that if there is a prayer concern that you have or if you wish to visit with one of our parish nurses or one of the pastors, um, we are here for you, so just reach out to us. You can find all of our contact information on our website at oslme.com. A special word of thanks to Ted Benson for being here and Michaela for those beautiful gifts of special music at the prelude and the offering. And I know we've got another one coming up at the postlude. Thank you for that. We end now, or our worship concludes, with our sending song, um, God Who Stretched the Spangled Heavens. It's number 771, and we sing it together.
peace, Christ is with you. Thanks, Thanks be, be to God. God.